The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. Hey, this is Chris from The Ticket Stub. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are two Texas licensed attorneys and we're here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in Montgomery County. Uh, Conroe's FM is what we call the station and we're proud of that. Uh, And also you can watch us live on Facebook right now if you want. Uh, We are talking, we're going to finish our discussion today on Second Amendment rights Stand your ground doctrine, doctrine. Mm-hmm. And, and and those are used interchangeably. It's stand your ground castle doctrine. It's the right. same thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, homeowners associations and how they can curtail your Second Amendment your rights. Ability I to think protect that's, yourself mm-hmm. and not not owning arms, but being able to protect yourself with uh, any kind of uh, well to protect your property, whether it be firearms or whatever. And um, what, what the reason that we've segued into homeowners association is because. This came up recently in in my homeowner association that um, we had a, a an attempted robbery where some people during this whole um, uh, you know riots and you know threats and all that stuff came into our neighborhood and followed one of our neighbors. So it was after the George Floyd thing started, just right after that, mm-hmm. right? And and the St. Louis couple, the same. All this is kind of occurring, and then this. Uh, some people that didn't live in our area came down and followed one of our neighbors into their property, a gated, a gated property, but it was open. And um, it's pretty, it's an open... You mean their gates were open? Their gates were open because they'd just driven in. Okay. So they, tra- they followed them in with their car. And, of course, that's even worse because now you've locked the... If it closes automatically, like ours does, now they're locked in, too. It looks like they're supposed to be there. And so um, they put up large no-trespass signs on their gates. And this is a very... This is a mansion. I mean, it's a mansion with no... It would be like putting one up in River Oaks, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Homeowners Association uh, is griping about it. And, of course, I'm not directly involved with it, but in our Zoom meetings, it's come up with a lot of people that live around them saying, we want those down. But then the, 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 the silent... I think majority, it would say, let them leave them up. They need protection. That's ridiculous. And so it kind of, um, the, the, their, the argument, I looked into it, uh, is can they keep those tr- no trespass signs up? And um, uh, many, many homeowners associations have uh, regulations in their covenants or uh, a covenant that prohibits signs except for for sale signs of a certain size, uh, political signs during a certain period, uh, uh, maybe some really, they have whatever the covenants are. Most of them only have. They specifically tell you can only have certain signs and no other ones. And mm-hmm. that that kind of goes to what I think. Not if somebody gets kind of crazy like a hillbilly and wants to put five thousand no trespass signs up, and they're you know big and offensive or whatever. Well, you can't do that. But but if you were allowed to have a small one, then you would be allowed to have the other ones if there's no regulation on those. Mm. So um, so that was the question we had. Is is there no trespass sign, which serves the exact purpose that it's intended. Is it something that uh, that that the homeowner association should, can enforce? And uh, you mean like take your signs down? Yeah, or you're going to have uh, you know we're going to sue you basically if you don't take it down because some of the homeowners, the ones that are vocal that show up, don't like the signs up. Whereas a lot of people that aren't showing up are in complete agreement. So you've got kind of. Uh, almost like you have right now in politics. A lot of people don't want to say anything because they're afraid if they say anything at all that, you know, detrimental to the bullies that are raiding and looting and all that, that they're going to be raided and looted. 
So Mm -hmm. they're keeping quiet. And that's not fair either. And so um, after looking into it, and we'll go over this a little today, I'm thinking that we might want to, when we have um, Representative Toth on or various other representatives we have visit with us, um, that we ask them about, you know, maybe proposing a statute that allows for a small no trespass sign for the very reason that we're going to go over today. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit about Stand Your Ground to, re- to recap uh, mm-hmm. briefly. Stand Your Ground, you know, Second Amendment rights is the right to bear arms. Stand Your Ground is uh, that you do not have a duty to retreat, to safely retreat. If someone busts in your front door, uh, or I believe it's even on your property, but, ma- you know, mainly I'm always we went over thinking that last about the week. house. Right. It's depending on the reasonableness of uh-huh. the of the, uh, the force that you, because in Texas you can use force if if somebody trespasses on your property. Right. Um, but you uh, don't have a duty to retreat. And, you know, I to me, when I think of, okay, so just to complete that, you don't have a duty to retreat if someone trespasses on your property, and you can use deadly force And if I always you have think, to look to see the actual law and the rules on that because it's so specific. The, the burden is on the person that uses the force against the person that came onto their property. Right. And you would think that's wrong. Somebody comes onto your property that the burden shouldn't be on... You on this should be on them. Mm-hmm. You came on my property and you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't call first. You didn't. Mm-hmm. But could be an emergency. Could be one of your kids. They didn't know. Maybe they thought they had permission. Maybe they were just lost. There's a lot of reasons why they could have, and that's why they have the the standard, the reasonable standard that you sh- uh, the burden is going to be on the person that may injure the 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 party that was that you that you were using force against to get off your property, right? Right. And um, for the life of me, I, I don't have that right in front of me. But, oh, here it is. Texas so-called standard ground laws allows people to use deadly force against someone else if they feel they are in danger. Mm-hmm. Conversely, it prohibits an individual from arguing self-defense if they provoked a threat from someone else um, to come to the property. So that could happen, too. You well, so what somebody, did that just say? Um, it's it's the, the flip side of it. If someone comes onto your property... And you see this at all these murder mysteries. And you mean stuff. like if I was fighting with you out in the street and I called you bad names I'm and you followed in, me? I'm thinking in line with a family dispute. You're estranged. There, there's, you have to pick the kids up or come over to my property because I, we need to exchange some stuff. Um, or let me, I want to make up with you. Let's, you know, come talk to me, whatever. But there's a, there's a, a dispute between husband and wife, brother, sister, whoever, and somebody has left and they call up and say, come back on. Okay. But they don't live there. That they're estranged, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just you're visiting a, 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 two brothers or something, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, which happens in probate cases a lot. You have uh, brothers and siblings that Fighting. are going to the family, the, the deceased house, mm-hmm. because one wants to be the executor and one doesn't, and then mm-hmm. you've got them acting like Texans pulling guns and stuff. You know, it's just the craziest mm-hmm. thing. But um, you can't invite somebody over and then use deadly force if you know they're coming over with a gun because they always carry one. And then say, oh, he pulled his gun on me and had enough time to, whatever, or you can't put it in their hand. You can't, as I say, it prohibits an individual from arguing self-defense if they provoke the threat. Right. So you can't be arguing with each other and then, you know, pull a gun on them and then they pull a gun on you and then you're the one that gets hurt. It it doesn't work like that. The stand your ground is is exactly what it it pretty much says. You're going to stand your ground if somebody comes onto your property to... Uh, be malicious to rob you to hurt you to rape you whatever and then you have a right to protect yourself Mm -hmm. but you still got the burden uh, if you hurt somebody kill them maim them if they come onto your property and you injure them Mm. but then there has to be an injury too so it's kind of tit for tat and it's kind of but the reason we're saying this is it it's really important that if you are a homeowner car owner that you be reasonable in how you behave and you act. That's right. Because you may end up in court and may lose, even if you were reasonable, depending on how the facts are presented. Mm-hmm. And that we see that all the time with the St. Louis couple, with with the, the George Floyd riots and all that stuff. So that's why this even came up. And this in this climate is what happened. In, it was happening in homeowners associations. How do you protect yourself when you may be very conservative or against somebody else's views, whether it's conservative or... or, or are, are not conservative, uh, I guess liberal, um, if if you hurt somebody that comes onto your property or, or you may get in trouble with your home association, it's maybe a civil issue, um, if you post signs and they say you can't because your covenants prohibited that, that's where we're at right now. In several homeowner associations where we have property, it's come up that other owners want to post signs. One of them because they were almost robbed during this pandemic. Another one in uh, where I'm a board member uh, said that her husband has threatened to kill her. She wants to post no press signs. Um, in other instances, we have um, 
you know, developers coming in all over the place yeah. now, particularly right now, developers' right. stock is skyrocketing because there's a lot more people that need work building, so they've got their, their labor to build, and the interest rates are low. So a lot of people are buying houses, and what does that mean? You're, those trees are coming down, and they're and people that at one time bordered lakes, forests, mm-hmm. you know, they had their privacy, they suddenly don't, mm-hmm. and it's creating an ire that wasn't there before. Hmm. And so what are your rights? Can you stand your ground? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Stand your ground, homeowner association, stand your ground on private property, what are your rights? And I think this, the golden rule, we'll, we'll recap this at the end of our, our, our show today, is you need to be reasonable. Don't get hot-headed. Don't go running out there. Because we were just talking about something right before the, we, we were on the air today. And what were you saying? You had a, uh, someone that called you about um, there was a lake. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, well, it was the same sort of thing. <clears throat> there was an easement. There was an embankment mm-hmm. that Is this the, Montgomery or? the mud district had built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Montgomery County. And um, and it backed up to this lake. There, there were like 10 homes around this lake. Mm-hmm. And so they start fighting over the trees on a property line. Mm-hmm. And um, whether they're on his property line or the homeowner's property line. There's or, no fence. Right. The, it was, it was a there's, lake. There's a wrought iron fence uh-huh. that stops. And uh-huh. then there are trees that uh-huh. go out to this lake. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but it was a personal injury case though because the. But tell me this, got so you're just, it kind of confused me a little bit. The wrought iron fence, how tall was it? It was about four feet tall. Okay, and was the wrought iron fence was it on the property line or was it on uh, outside the property? I line? think it was on the property line of the the man that was unhappy, mm-hmm. okay. the one whose trees were. So getting we believe, down. but there's a question. Fences don't have to be on property lines. A lot of people put their fences on the other side of the easement because they know that the easement's going to be used, and they want people by the public, you mm-hmm. know, for sewage or electric mm-hmm. or whatever, and they want people to trespass onto their property mm-hmm. inside the easement. And so you don't know if a fence is on someone's property or not. Mm-hmm. And easement or not, usually an easement's only for the government to mm-hmm. be able to trespass upon, mm-hmm. depending on how it's structured when it's created. But it's mm-hmm. not for your neighbors to come walking along right. in your backyard mm-hmm. inside an easement, or for that matter, the homeowner association. Mm-hmm. Those people, homeowners uh, representative of the association can't come walking on your easement. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. The easement is for utilities. and mm-hmm. But I can't say that for sure because I don't know what the provisions are in everybody's contracts. So your covenants will rule it with regard to whether or not that's an issue. But that's not our issue today. Our issue today is whether or not um, you can uh, put no trespass signs up uh, on your property if your homeowners association doesn't allow you to do that or doesn't permit it in the covenants. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, now you, in order to know that, you need to know what the trespassing signs are in texas mm-hmm. we went over that briefly and we had some questions about that and and i'm going to just I, i'm going because it's very it's relevant to our discussion you need to know what criminal trespass is so in texas a person commits a tr- criminal trespass if he entered someone's property someone else's property without that person's permission having received notice that the entry is forbidden the last part of this definition is important if they're it's there to prevent an accidental trespasser from being criminalized, such as when an innocent hiker strays off the path and onto someone's private land. If there's no warning, the trespasser cannot be accused of committing a crime. That happens a lot mm-hmm. because you may think, particularly like if you're talking about this, the state, um, the state forest over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is it called? The um, BLM. Um, the BLM. Yeah. <laughs> the state forest off of 1488 and 45. Um, Goodrich used to be the Goodrich now. It's the A and M, whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. the state forest. Mm-hmm. If there's no uh, fences uh, against the properties that back to that, and you could very easily believe that 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 you're so it's on the state property, um, you would hope the state would say this is where our property is, but not necessarily mm-hmm. because this is you know still kind of rural in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So if there is no fence. And um, and now we're having all this new development. Mm-hmm. Then people, can, you're now opened up to trespassers because your fence used to be your trees, mm-hmm. or used to be a lake, mm-hmm. or used to be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes toward mm-hmm. um, uh, a, another issue that was in a case that I was just reading about this mm-hmm. uh, in Texas, and it was where an elderly couple um, had uh, lived in a house for you know many 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 years, fifty years, and. Uh, the 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 property behind their house was being developed so all the trees came down mm-hmm. and they were close enough to a main thoroughfare that there was na- they were now exposed but it was so new that they were exposed and they had no protection mm-hmm. but they weren't worried because they felt like well we don't have to put a fence We've up been yet here for 50 years uh, you know we're in our close to our 80s and mm-hmm. you know certainly 
they're going to put a fence up, you know, but not necessarily because they they had a natural fence line before. And so um, mm. what happened was a a a uh, person came onto their property on a bike, and they and they were just out in their backyard drinking coffee, enjoying their backyard and their the serenity, and and said, "Hey, um, I'm one of your neighbors, and I uh, my wife needs to go to the hospital. Can I borrow thirty five dollars uh, to?" to get her to the hospital how many cash and that's a very odd request i mean come yeah. up with a better story than that and so they said well we don't have 35 dollars in cash on us they'd never met this person before and so then the guy was persistent he said well can i go with you to the atm i really need the money and but it could be that his wife really needed to go to the hospital and he was on a bike i mean it's kind of tit for tat you don't know well, i don't know the situation i'm only reading this in a in a, in a lawsuit mm-hmm. and um so they put no trespass signs up now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their homeowners association said no gotta take them down even though they were threatened just like our neighbor was threatened just like the neighbor uh where i'm at a board is threatened because her husband's going to come onto property where it's estranged so the 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 law though is is specific you've got to put people on notice they can't come on now yeah, the husband that's the problem the estranged husband knew because there's going to be an order in there's a local rule order whenever a divorce right. is entered in montgomery county mm-hmm. that those that standing you, orders that you cannot um come on to someone's property it's their property alone um especially during a, a nasty divorce so that person asking the board can i put a sign up when it's prohibited that is not necessarily something that should be granted because they've already got notice the person that she's afraid of already said there's already notice you can't come on and the sign is only worth as much as as, as the sign itself it doesn't prohibit them from coming on it's just a notice mm-hmm. they've already got notice and mm-hmm. so then now you're going back to stand your ground mm-hmm. if this person comes onto your property and they've already got notice they can't come on then and you know that their intentions may be malicious Maybe not. Maybe they just want to make up. But you've got to use reasonable. You've got to be reasonable if you use deadly force. And this is when, when people do get injured. Mm-hmm. And and what you were saying with your case was, uh, and I, I stopped you in the middle. What happened with um, with your case where there was the rod on fence? Um, the the mud district. They were working on an embank. It's not an embankment. It's you know where the the big metal ridge thing where they put it up and then they fill it in with dirt yes uh-huh. it's not an abatement bulkhead it's, maybe bulkhead uh-huh. that's what it is <laughs> yeah um so they had they were working on that but they were digging where the easement was uh-huh. which was right up to the fence line mm-hmm. where that wrought iron fence was okay a big ditch uh-huh. a huge ditch why were they digging a ditch i don't know okay but he saw them chopping down or this person saw them chopping down his trees. Or he believed they were his trees. And well, they mm-hmm. had gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about this, fighting mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the trees. If it was on, either, depending on which side the fence was, because the fence may not have been on the property line. Uh, yeah. And so what happened was he saw them, started running towards them, didn't see the ditch, I guess because he was so upset, <laughs> and they had just dug it, and uh, falls into For that this purpose. ditch yeah, <laughs> to make him fall. <laughs> and he, he reaches up and he grabs this wrought iron fence, and then it bra- he How breaks this his guy, tendon. He's about 72. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. He, but <laughs> Superman. Re- yeah, really good shape, yeah. And uh, br- actually breaks his tendon and, and really messes up his arm. And he wanted to know if he had a case against So me. it was a personal injury but, case, uh-huh. but that happened on property, mm-hmm. and then you get into all the immunity and all of that kind was of there stuff. trespass and mm-hmm. there was injury. Exactly. And, um, How did it exactly And then happen? we were just discussing, because it had nothing to do with the show, but it was kind of something you have to think about. Um, government entities have governmental immunity, and there's only certain ways that you can sue them for personal injury um, in, yeah. uh, if something like that occurs. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little different if you've got a private uh, developer versus or a private neighbor against you. That's a little bit different, but... When you go up against the government, I mean that is more than the five thousand pound gorilla. That's like that's like we've had in other shows. That's like going up against CPS. It's like um, it's just really really difficult to win under those circumstances. But um, but anyway, so that goes toward though no tra- it kind of goes toward no trespass signs because we really don't know if um, if his fence was on the right place and if he had had if the fence was within his property and he had no trespass on the on, on maybe a post that was on that side now that'd be a little bit different because there may be some liability there because he would have designated that there was this was his property and they're coming on and taking his trees down there isn't you can't take someone's trees down i mean that is mm-hmm. that's an injury to their mm-hmm. property and mm-hmm. there's trees are costly and then you have to get a uh they have them over here um 
I think Birdit does it. There's a you get to have to get an expert that shows mm-hmm. what the value of the trees were yeah. and how old they were and what to just replace mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and replant them and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So anyway, um, what constitutes notice of trespass? That's what we're talking about today. Um, as to how a trespasser is given notice, this depends on the type of property in question. Generally, a Texas landowner can give notice in one of four ways. And this is where we ended last week because we couldn't get past this because we're always talking about something. Um, by telling the trespasser to get off the private land. Mm-hmm. First is... Just verbally. But you have to see them to do it. <clears throat> and a lot of times you don't see it. You see the remnants of a beer can or you see footprints in the dirt or whatever. You don't see who the trespasser is. So then that's when you put your video up, uh, you know, your security cameras. If mm-hmm. you have the, And they're really cheap these days. If you mm-hmm. can get a feed, mm-hmm. you can do one... You don't even, they can be wireless mm-hmm. and you can put them right to your phone. So that's the first thing is if that's... To me, that's reasonable if you think there's somebody is, trespassing is your land. Is the verbal um, first? Well, it's... First verbal, if you can catch them. If you can't catch them, to tell them verbally, maybe you can find out who they are if you put your, your, your video camera up there. Okay. There's no, you're not hurt. You know, you can find, you don't have to be yelling at your neighbors. You think it's them. Mm-hmm. You can first mm-hmm. do the reasonable thing, find out who it is, mm-hmm. okay, if you think it's a continuing thing. Um, the second way is by erecting fencing around the land that's obviously designed to keep intruders out. Mm-hmm. Um, many people have fences, but there's no law that you have to have a fence around your property. Mm-hmm. And if, if, but you can go so far as just having a, two barbed wires, just enough to mm-hmm. make it evident this is a fence. This isn't a pretty little garden. This is a fence, and I, you're not supposed to trespass into this, right? Um, the third way is something that I didn't know, but it's it's an old Texas law, and it's by placing purple paint marks on posts or trees on the property, yeah. on the borders. And uh, the purple paint trespass warnings carry the same weight as a traditional, quote, no trespassing sign. Okay, um, they must be vertical lines at least eight inches long, so up and down eight inches long, and an inch wide, situated about at eye level. Okay, so it's about the size of a ruler, hmm. uh, three quarters of an inch of a ruler, and at eye level, between three and five feet off the ground. Hmm. Well, I think you're a midget if that's eye level. Hmm. Honestly, I don't know where they come up with that in the law, but they must be placed at easily seen locations, no more than a thousand feet apart on forest land, which we have a lot of out here in Montgomery County, mm-hmm. um, or a thousand feet apart on other uh, on, on other property, so it's, even if it's not forest land. So it's, and the law is designed to spare rural landowners from having to continually replace signs um, that end up being stolen, overgrown with foliage, or damaged by the elements. Mm. So, because they fall off. I mean, sure. you nail them on and they get faded or they fall off. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is your opportunity to do that. But Really, uh, as a, a kid trespassing is not going to know that a purple line means anything. Tony, I didn't know until uh, I, you told me that a couple yeah, of days and ago. And it really won't work out in, I think we're, we're really rural. We're not really rural out here in Montgomery County so much anymore. Many, many people have tracts of land that are between, um, let's say, 1 and 20 acres, which mm-hmm. is still a large tract of land mm-hmm. that may have forests that surrounds it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that seems kind of far-fetched that you're going to go out and paint your 10-acre tract or, you know, even your, your 20-acre tract with this purple if you didn't even know it. Because mm-hmm. you and I are attorneys, and we didn't know that. No, right. But it is a defense against somebody that trespasses on your land if you didn't have that. Yeah. They didn't have any tra- no trespass on No fence, no purple, no, if they're lo- really looking into it. Because, because criminals know the law better than people that don't break the law. That's true. So that means that they would be willing to look at this, say, oh, look, there's no this, is it, I can go on here. Mm-hmm. So be aware, Criminals know the law. Yeah. The jailhouse lawyers, they have a lot of time sitting in there while they're thinking about yeah. it. And a lot of them don't learn their lesson. They come back out and they're thinking, how can I, what's a good way that I can get reparations? I won't get in trouble again. Yeah. Maybe I don't fall do into this. any reparation law, but mm-hmm. I'm going to find a way mm-hmm. to make things right. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a Hatfield McCoy kind of thing, which went on for, you know, a century before mm-hmm. they finally buried the hatchet. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the land do not need a warning system. For instance, if the land is obviously being used to grow, cultivate or harvest crops, any intruder is deemed to have notice that the land is private property and they shouldn't be intruding. So if you've got your zip line up mm-hmm. or if, you've, if you're growing tomatoes and mm-hmm. you've got your little garden going, mm-hmm. um, they should know that that's not just land. But uh, we were out in Grimes County uh, for a funeral a few weeks ago. Where and is Grimes County? It is, uh, it's right, it borders Montgomery. Okay. Uh, Grimes County has, um, I'm trying to think of the main, the county seat is... Uh, it's not Shiloh. It's Anderson. Mm-hmm. But if you're going down 105 toward A&M, that's mm-hmm. the way everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. If you're in Conroe and you're going to A&M, more than likely you're going to go up 45 and get to 105. Are you going to go up 105? Are you going to go to 2874? Or, mm-hmm. you know, to the Renaissance Festival, you're going to get mm-hmm. to Grimes County. Okay. You're going towards Stoneham and Navasota. Mm-hmm. Navasota, Stoneham. But right there at Highway 6 in, um, 
and 290 mm-hmm. is pretty much where Grimes County is. And mm-hmm. um, so I went up there, and there was a, it's like one of a, an area where there's still a lot of rural tree land up there. Just like in San Jacinto, <clears throat> just like in even where Montgomery County show, just a lot of our areas up here are mm-hmm. still very treed. And right. they may, they're owned by somebody. We don't know who, but they don't necessarily look like they're owned by anybody. They're That's just, so they're just mm-hmm. treed land that somebody owns mm-hmm. and maybe they're keeping it for forest mm-hmm. um maybe they're keeping it for whatever maybe it's who knows why they've got it maybe oil and gas land and oil and gas company owns it but it it if it's not if there's no evidence that you can't trespass it could very well be state or or federal like we've got our right. um our what, they're not federal um uh, what do they call the uh the parks that are federal parks you have state parks and then you have what's the other the parks like Gethsemane. It's a, it's not a state park. It's a... They're national parks. National. Thank you. <laughs> They're not federal. I'm sure it's national. Federal sounds so uh-huh. scary. Anyway, Texas, no trespassing notices. Um, compared to those of other states, Texas is not too prescriptive when it comes to posting no trespassing signs. There is no requirement to have the sign professionally made. There are no size, color, or font requirements. The state does not dictate the size, the sign, or even where it should be posted. So in order to comply with telling people to not trespass, there's not a, there's not a, they don't tell you what to do. They say, you have to post it. You have to, it has to look like you're using your property or have to have the purple line. But the, but the, the sign, if you want to go that direction, they're saying there's no rules. It could be as big as a billboard or it could be as tiny as a thimble from what this is saying. Mm-hmm. But it has to give a medicine. So the only requirements, of, the, this, of course, I'm answering my own question. The only requirements that the sign is clearly indicated to keep intruders out and it's placed somewhere an intruder is reasonably likely to see. Um, in other words, a legible sign that contains the words no trespassing, private property, do not enter, or similar language placed at the entrance to a property or even at reasonable intervals around the property perimeter should do the trick. All right. So um, so if you have a no trespassing sign, intruders will be shot. That's sufficient because you're giving them notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that very trespasser has got notice because there was an order that says you can't come on, mm-hmm. even if there's nothing else, then that's notice, that's legal notice. Mm-hmm. And so they can't say, well, I didn't see it on the property. Mm-hmm. Um, not receiving adequate notice is a defense to criminal trespass. So if a trespasser can show the warning signer had fallen down, was illegible, broken, or weather beaten, covered by tree branches, or there simply weren't enough signs, for example, there was a sign at the front of the property, but the trespasser intruded through the back, then he may be able to escape criminal uh, trespass conviction. Even if he's coming in to do no good, if you can't prove he was coming in to do no good, then, then he can trespass and get away with it, which is really bad. Mm-hmm. Bad advice getting away with, with a bad act. Um, it's up to the landowner to ensure the signage meets the legal requirements and is sufficient to warn off anyone attempting to enter the property. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, you know, there's, there's legal no trespassing signs in, in different states, and we just went over the ones in Texas. Um, but what we were going to go over now is what your rights are for a homeowner association. Mm-hmm. Because homeowner associations in almost all the covenants that I've read, we're talking about River Oaks, and those homeowner associations were, were created back in the 1920s. I mean, right when, when uh, I want to say 20s, I want to say 40s. I think River Oaks may have started in the 20s, but the 40s was when everyone was coming home from World War II and they started putting in subdivisions, the Pottersvilles. Mm-hmm. Right. And they created these little, small, uh, democratic societies that were not paid of people that should govern themselves, which goes back to why we even have a government in the United States. Our government was a governing body with George Washington and the group coming over saying, let's set up a, uh, a, a, a group of people mm-hmm. uh, because we, they're too harsh and they won't let us have our, our religious liberties and they're overtaxing us. And, you know, they're just hard over there in, in France and England. And, mm-hmm. you know, people were starving while the rich were literally uh, lavishly getting richer during, mm-hmm. the, you know, the times of Marie Antoinette and what have you. And people were being sent to debtor's prison. And they were being sent to prison just like in Les, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. We just watched that movie. Yeah, they were being great. sent to prison for giving bread to relatives. I mean, it was really harsh. So during that exact period in the early 1800s, late 1700s, early 1800s, people were like, put me on a ship. I'll take the Indians over this anytime. And so they were coming over and they were a hearty group. They came over and they established... Um, uh, a, a very good Declaration of Independence. Very wise, educated people did this. And the reason that they gave us our, uh, they let us govern ourselves the way they did, and I was listening to this by um, our Attorney General, um, 
uh, William Barr was kind of giving a speech at Notre Dame, and I, I was listening on the YouTube, and it was so fascinating. Yeah. He said that a big part of the reason that we had so much autonomy to have these three branches of government that let our, ourselves self-govern with right to arms, and you know they didn't even want the, the Bill of Rights that had the Second Amendment rights because they felt like what they had was enough because they believed that if people followed their the religion that was in the Bible, whether it be whether you're Jewish or whatever, um, it gave us a, a standard, the Ten Commandments and and rules to live by. There, these were religious people coming over to escape persecution of religion. They would govern themselves under God's law. Right. And then what happened? You get all these people. They were doing just the opposite right now, where they're saying so they true. don't want any religion in the schools. I was talking to my it's daughter just, about like this very thing. Crazy mm-hmm. that that what the, the people now that are being bullied are the ones that are saying. We just want to be able to pray. It's all yeah, right. I know, in, I know. You know. Silent prayer at a football game. Mm-hmm. And now the people are saying, no, you're violating our religious right not to have to have it. No, that's not what our laws were. Our laws were. They weren't written for that group of they people. Weren't, they weren't li- written for people to oppose it. Right. You can't do it. They were written for the people to allow them to have it. So, I know. And say, it's not a religion to say there's no religion. So, But I'm getting off the beaten track on that. That has to do with. Um, these signs and why the small democratic group that we have is our homeowners associations. Hmm. Um, They get a little crazy. They're usually retired people, maybe not always, but sometimes they get the power and they kind of go with it. I'm on board. I know I see both sides of it. Um, But on the other hand, homeowners associations are trying to do the best they can until they get power hungry. Well, they're supposed to, Tony. You and I have talked about that a ton. They're supposed to be protecting the value of the property. Right. right. That's, that the, that's they what are, the major tenant yeah. is. You're protecting the value of the property. Uh, so the homeowners the association, their property values won't go lower, right? Mm-hmm. And and. That's it. That's really all they're trying to do. Is as a group, you're saying we need to protect our property, so you don't have somebody coming in there and putting a, uh, you know, building a gas station on the corner that's yeah. going to be against the covenants and you know the various levels or chicken of, coop by the right. street or right. whatever. So, and it's all trashy. They're just trying to say you can't do that unless it's already trashy, and then why not? Right. Right. So, um, but it's then, it's protect the value, whatever the value is, and whatever whatever it is. Neighborhood but you're not you're supposed in. to go in there as a homeowner association and say we're going to increase the value, and so we're going to assess everybody. That's wrong. And we're not going to let you do anything that you and, feel like and, you need and, to but do. But at the same time, if they're, if the, the climate of the community has changed over time, right. then you've kind of waved it, and so there's some argument. And so what happens is you get these new elected board members, unless they're like, I say to say like ours, where the same ones keep being reelected, and then you've got like a dictatorship for the last 20 or 30 years, however long, because they won't come off. The, but, but when you get the, the, on the, the, the flip side of that, if you get somebody new every three years, then you don't know what the, you have a continuum, and so you don't know what they're, what they're, how they're ruling. I think fresh blood is good. That's why that they put it in our Constitution that you only can have the same president, you know, elected twice no more i think that there was well, a that's reason not for in that. our constitution it was that it's, amended yes, the bill of rights yes it's in the amendments it was an not amendment. the bill of rights that was after 10. fdr it was like i think number 27 yeah. it's um you can't have be elected yeah after the fdr mm-hmm. uh you can only have a two-term limit whether it's yeah. together or separate two-term limit for presidents i think they need that for <laughs> i do too but, and i'm a board member I and i think they that. need it for senators and congressmen too first of all it's exhausting being a board member mm-hmm. you get you know beat down on mm-hmm. and if you get people that are stuck in there and it becomes a dictatorship that's wrong too right because then you've got everybody afraid to deny level. you because mm-hmm. it's like you know napoleon or like santa anna it's like you deny me i'm gonna cut your head off you know and then you've alienated your entire home so uh, but here's going back to signs um here's the answer if you're homo if you have to go to your covenants there's no statute that that protects you you've got a statute that says you can have um Political signs within 90 days, you know, there's some, you have to go, I think we talked about that in the Texas Property Code, uh, 202. Within 90 days of the election? Yeah, you can post your, uh, and it gives you a size. You can only, I, don't, I think there's a limit to them also. But go look that up. We're not talking about that today. But political signs, to some degree, uh, you can have them up for a limited period of time, right? And then you can have religious um uh, during the religious season, there's certain periods of time where on your front door, and there's some rules against that. They have a statute that says you're allowed. Your homeowner association can't re- can't have any provision, or it's void, that won't allow you some religious uh, expression, right? And um, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the political sign rule, but um, but I believe it's 90 days, and you can't have a million of them. It can only be, but you may be able to. Different story. We'll get over that. We'll talk about that later. But political signs, you can have. Subject to the statutes, um, religious signs and, and expression you can have subject to the statute. Um, 
And most homeowners associations will have written into their provisions that you can have a for sale sign that's certain level. But almost none of them allow a no trespass sign that I've seen exposure to starting from River Oaks, Grand Lakes, you know, uh, Westwood, all the different communities on up. Really? Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. So typically, only signs allowed in an HOA are, and if you have to look at your covenants for this specifically, uh, and you can download them and get a, do a little search where you can read it and just look for the word sign if you want to do that, or ask your management company to get paid pretty good for looking for stuff like this. Um, um, typically, only signs allowed in HOA are, quote, for sale or for rent signs. Um, a, a no trespassing sign, so, uh, honestly, as I'm reading this off of you know another attorney's uh, dialogue here, a no trespassing sign, in quote, holds no power. It's just a sign to make you feel better. Instead, you need to do the research on the laws backing up having one of those signs. Um, some states, no trespassing signs don't make any more stronger punishment than any other piece of property, which is not the case here. Um, the matter of fact, private property signs probably have a similar meaning. But you can't, if it says you can have only for sale signs, you can't have a no private property sign either in Texas. So you're limited. So if you can have only for sale signs, you cannot have private property? Right. unless it's a political sign hmm. or it may be a sign for your, your religious expression. And those were exceptions that were put in the statute. I believe it was 2011. Hmm. But before that, you couldn't have those signs either. But what happens is homeowners associations, um, if they, they become unenforceable if you were to be if you were to sue each other, which is a very costly thing too. Because if you've got a provision that doesn't allow you to have a sign, but everyone's doing it, then it's waived mm-hmm. if a certain number of persons have been allowed to do that. And particularly if, if you've been doing it for four years, there's like a statute of limitations where they can't ask you to bring it down now mm. if it was discoverable. So there's some issues with it if it's been done in your community or something's been done in your community for a long time and four years have passed and whatever it was was obvious, then you can't now say um, because you've, you no longer have the, again, statute of limitations to argue about it. And so the homeowner Association has to back off. Now, the reason I'm only bringing this up is because, um, well, not the only reason, but um, if the homeowner Association sues you because you're breaching a covenant to take your signs down and you're going to say, no, during this pandemic, I'm not going to do that. You can just sue me. Um, the problem you have is if they win in court because the covenants uh, prevail because it hasn't been over four years, it's unambiguous, it's very clear. You signed the, uh, when you bought your house, that covenant was a part of the, uh, a rule that ran with the land that you were subject to. Normally, you always sign off in a closing. If you don't, it's in the public record, so you can't get by with saying you didn't know, mm-hmm. saying what the rules are. Mm-hmm. You signed agreeing to those rules. And mm-hmm. so short of you going to the Homeowners Association asking for them to change it with a bunch of people signing off, whatever your rules are, mm-hmm. if there aren't any rules at 67% of the people, whatever the rules are to vote, that you change the amendment, then then you they'll win, and they get their attorney's fees if they see you if they want to go that far. What the, the, the issue here is, why would the homeowners organization sue you for putting a trespassing sign up if you were just, you know, almost robbed? And, yeah. you're, you're, and, and the law says if you don't notice somebody that you can't come in because you don't have a fence, um, you don't have any place. To, the purple notices are not, you're not on rural property, you only have like five acres and you can see the house, mm-hmm. you know, your mansion from the street. Then why? Well, so why would they? You would think they wouldn't. They're but, just bullies. But right now, our homeowner association, to me, I, I'm not involved in the two entities involved, except for I'm watching the homeowner association meeting through Zoom because you know, everyone knows, or if you don't know this, typically members cannot speak unless it's the annual meeting. So all you can do is just contact your homeowner association, but they'll, they'll come after you. And, you know, the, the deed restriction uh, Gestapo will send you a letter uh, through their management company saying you can't do this. And if you do, if you do I'll give you three notices and now I'm going to fine you, which is just which is just building the till of money from a bunch of, you know, somewhat rich people because they're homeowners. Mm-hmm. So none of it is all crazy. You would think that they would say you're helping the community by letting trespassers know they're not going to get away with this. Um, the alternative would be for them to mitigate because they have a duty to keep you safe and put in the front of the homeowners association a sign saying, no trespassers. Now that I've seen in many gated communities, and we mm-hmm. don't have a gated community, but that is a way that they're they can be sued for not protecting you if you get hurt. So mm-hmm. that's an alternative. Hmm. Um, still, if you at the back of your property is not at the entrance and it, it's forested, like a lot of our property is, why can't you put a new trespass sign? Mm-hmm. So it's still sort of like you are the homeowner association's here to protect me, but you're not protecting me. So I would think that you, that that would be probably a draw, and it's a lot of money to go to court. Because now if you're not an attorney 
or if you want to go to court and waste that, the, the and put that much anxiety on your life over something like this. Yeah, no kidding. Do it. That's why there's not a lot of cases about that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, there, there, some people are talking about in this case. It says they had a sign at the front entrance that said no solicitation, and um, and they're saying that if we could legally enforce kicking out solicitors, that's another another issue because you have a also have a right as a citizen of the United States in Texas and and maybe even a member of your community to um, to uh, what is that the right to it's not the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. What which amendment is it? You have a right to to freely, uh, I think it's the First Amendment. Associate? Uh, yeah, freely associate. So you can go to someone's door. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you don't want somebody to come solicit. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's not a part of your covenant rules, your neighbors can come solicit. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them to go away, and they don't go away, they're trespassing. Mm-hmm. But there's no rules in any of the homeowner associations I've seen that says no solicitation. You should be able to go talk to your, your neighbor. And what happened with me when I was going to get signatures with my own personal experience for mm-hmm. my for a deed restriction amendment, doing it the right way, told by the homeowners association um, uh, uh, board mm-hmm. and management company, you need to go get a, a signatures if you want this to uh, to be presented or to get it passed. And we had mm-hmm. both ways to do it, which I did. And so I was greeted with open arms by most of my community. But then I had like one person out of the entire people in a you know, hundred people in our community saying, get off my property. And I was scared to death because I'd never met it before. And I was like, I ran like you would not believe. What did so, you yeah. do? Just yell at you? Yeah. And I, I was doing actually a service. They were told me in the community to go get drainage information. And so I was doing, it was twofold. I was getting drainage information to find out if they had any issues. Um, so I could, for, you can't see on their property. And um, he ran me off and I never went back on his property again because he said, no, don't trespass. And I was like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And you would not have believed uh, somebody at my age could run as fast as I did, but I did, <laughs> and uh, through the you know the, the trees and the whole thing. And so anyway, oh um, but, but if you want to get that changed and it's not in your rules, then that's the same way you'd have to go get that. You'd have to get an amendment to change that. Now there are laws that do not require people to have actual licenses to solicit. Uh, in Texas, you don't need a license for that. Uh, which means we cannot stop them. And so you can't stop them, and so you have to have this issue. I think it's best if you have a gated community, you keep your gate locked, you've got a buzzer. But you can't put any signs up. Hmm. You can't even say, don't enter without buzzing or whatever. It's, it's the craziest thing. Most homeowner associations are not nasty about that, though, and they'll let you they're, – they're not going to enforce something of that nature if it's small and, and it, its purpose shows what's service. So you have to be reasonable about in life, mm-hmm. reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, no kidding. Why not instead consider you all organize a neighborhood watch program? That's one other alternative um, if you want to do that. We do have security in one of our other home associations. We pay a security guard to travel around. Yeah. And then you can ask him to ask him to leave or you can yeah. get their attention. Um, uh, you do not want to tie in the HOA with the neighborhood watch except for its approval to exist, which is not true. We had a neighborhood watch program and they got together and said, hey, we put our money in for our assessments uh, every year. Uh, we think we can afford um, a neighborhood security. We have it. It works out really well. Well, why why is there suggestion not, where I live, not, no to, not to intertwine or I intermingle the because, two? I um, wonder. I, I have no idea. Except for here, maybe they're just thinking that uh, members are being pushy. Hard oh, to say. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's a separate entity that works with the police who do have the power. Oh, that's what they're saying. The answer to your question. Otherwise, it is a separate entity that works with the police who do have the power to do something legally. So I guess our security guard is has the authority to go on property. But I can tell you right now, um, in the, the homeowner association where we have security, um, he just p- patrols the area. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see. I've ne- we've never had one complaint uh, for the number of years, and it's been about 20 since we've owned that property. Mm-hmm. Never once has something come up where security was crazy, except some people where he told them you can't be – you know, shooting fireworks on the tennis court and destroying the association property. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of where it went with that. Um, all right. So, um, I'm going to let you ask us some questions that we have uh, about homer association, and we've got the answers to that some of our um, our listeners have come up with. And then I've got some listener questions that are pinging me. So while you're doing that, I'm going to look real quick. Okay. Um, how are homeowner associate homeowners associations in Texan in Texas? governed in general um well i mean that's the texas property statute right property code they're governed by statute i think you really have covered that yeah texas if you don't know if your association rules look really crazy to you and Mm -hmm. you think that you're being railroaded and these assessments that i'm paying are going toward you know only creating um something that makes the board member's house beautiful or helps Mm -hmm. them only Mm -hmm. then um then what you need to do is you need to go to your covenants. They are the 
the end all and the, the you know that that is those are the lowest level of your rules and they were created by your community or the developer generally unless the developer didn't create them and you can create them later a lot of people want to get rid of their hoas i think we have some questions about that can you get rid of your hoa um in fact that's a good question uh, on that too go to the front where i've got the, the questions that are listed and i think um some of the questions are can you get rid of your hoa um what do you uh i forgot what some of the where do they one. get their authority yeah. how are they let's see budgetary okay. requirements how does texas the, the way they get their authority though is the developer sets it up and then it, it, because they own the land first they have the right to make a restriction in their deed prior to uh to restrict the usage of that property going on to you and so um you know and i had another uh a friend of mine that was having an issue with a a a, a deed restriction that could not possibly be enforced because it was only between two different owners but if it runs with the land then what you have to do is you have to get the other owners there's an agreement between two people you have to get the other owner to agree to um to release that restriction and what if the other owner doesn't exist anymore well it's if it runs with the land because it was filed with a deed then you have to find the um the descendants of that or the predecessors of the ownership of that property more than likely if they're not there they are not going to care but if the deed restriction ran with the land for the person that owns it now that's more than likely who you're going to have to go to and if it's reasonable if you want to pay them a little something you know work some kind of deal out with them they'll probably release it um i don't know so every different situation is unique but the way it generally works is a developer comes in just like they did in 1836 you can consider them the first developers you know mm -hmm. stephen f austin's colony came in here and started you know getting tons of land mm -hmm. um they go in they they say i'm going to buy this land i'm going to develop it do whatever they're going to do and they make in order that they can sell it to make it to to be attractive they said just like they did in river oaks in the 1920s or 40s and i can't remember which year it was um which decade uh they said these are the things that are going to uh rule this land and your neighbor can't put a pig pen in and they can't have a gas station next to them and those run with the land and so you go to those covenants no matter how old they are to see what your rules are and what happens a lot of times these covenants are no longer valid because it says you can't chain a you know horse up to the post outside your property no one has horses that they're using for transportation anymore although we're a ranch community and we have horses mm -hmm. that that those if they, there was a covenant that said that it probably it may or may not apply anymore and of course i know we don't have those but the river oaks provisions are what kept made river oaks the community is now mm -hmm. because everybody wanted to live in a community that was had all these restrictions that your neighbor couldn't do something crazy mm -hmm. and they are still fighting it out and dogging it out oh, now yeah. over rules that are you know almost 80 years old because they well, still apply well, here's a question what can homeowners do if an hoa is not responsive to complaints so i mean i'm thinking you, this neighbor's got this no trespassing sign up the hoa says it's supposed to come down and oh, here's they a better one complain. when it just came up we have a neighbor in our community right now this came up this morning um that said hey what do i do the guy behind me uh the neighbor that, that backs to me uh, is filling in the drainage easement and because he, he wants to sell his property and he wants to show he has more property back there and she said that's not right because my fence is outside of my e it, it borders my easement and not my property line and his fence is on the property line so it looks like there's an easement where her land is but now he's coming in and um of course it's behind a, 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 a metal fence but he's coming in and he's filling in a massive ditch behind his fence behind his fence and so there what do our deed restrictions say there's nothing that says in that land owners association there's nothing to say that if the other easements are being clogged right now and so there's it's a dry ditch but if they were being used properly and the county was responsible as they say they are for coming in and cleaning out the ditch there would be a drainage easement and the whole community would be in a better place the county is supposed to come in and dig those ditches out so why is it the county coming in and creating the drainage um alleviating the drainage issue that they're responsible for mm -hmm. by coming in well they never have and people have put fences in there and they're clogged and they're not they can come you can call them and they will they'll come in but if your next door neighbor is now the next clog then that neighbor behind them has got to call them and so you're kind of watching each other and so what's happening is this wow. owner is filling it in and she's asking us what do i do well our covenants don't protect her 
the law has to protect her. So she has to go the next step up, which is a statute. So the question is, can the homeowners association come in? Only if the covenants, which is all the homeowners association can comply with, mm-hmm. say that they have a responsibility. The next step up is the county. Mm-hmm. And so she may need to go to the county and say, I'm going to sue the county if you don't take care of me. Maybe the county didn't have any responsibility. Then you go to the state. Natural drainage easements through the state. The state also has a responsibility to make sure that you're not flooded by what somebody else does if there's a natural drainage easement. There's a bunch of different laws on it. Texas A&M's uh, real estate site has a, a lot of articles on it that are mm-hmm. very, very good. But it goes toward – but let's say that, they, that your, um, your home association is responsible. Okay. So what does it say that you do if your home association should do something and they don't? Well, you know, be reasonable. Try and resolve mm-hmm. things by talking. Uh, using the association's democratic processes under Texas law, members of an HOA have a right to attend board meetings. Mm-hmm. And but not break, and under Texas heard. law, they they can they get, if your association allows like a three minute, you know, for them to speak, they can. But uh, so the Zoom meetings, those monthly meetings, the members and this is in the statute can't talk. Only place it's a members meeting, the annual meeting, and then you can talk and go crazy, and no one shows up for them practically. <laughs> Well, this is uh, meetings and to be heard at regular member meetings. Okay. Under Texas law, that's Texas Property Code 209.0051. So it actually does say 0051 mm-hmm. that they can be heard at regular meetings. Okay. Mm-hmm. I may stand corrected on that because my understanding was Texas uh, Texas Property Code uh, 209.0051 only allowed members to speak at the meetings they were allowed to speak at, which was the member meeting. I mean, the annual meetings. Well, that's not what this says. So okay. I don't know I'll if this that is next, I'm going to correct myself on the next show if I'm wrong. Uh, it's generally a good idea to keep records of any written communications, blah, blah, blah. If a board member is abusing power or acting unfairly, members can try to elect someone else for the next term. Texas law prohibits HOAs from restricting a member's right to run for a position on the board. Mm-hmm. So a dissatisfied member always has the option of running for the board him or herself, and many associations allow for the removal or recall of board members, sometimes for cause and sometimes not. It's very expensive to do that. So I've, I've been involved in some lawsuits, not personally, but helping uh, some attorneys as co-counsel. Very, very expensive and almost impossible to get done. To remove a, a right, board to remo- member. remove a board member or a whole board. It's very difficult. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so, Tony, it looks like we're out of time. We want to thank you guys for listening and remind you to... Serve God by serving others. So we'll see you next week, guys. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.